relaxation that we're here for, a real education. Dee, 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 deedly dee. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, movie naturalist, Melissa Kersher. Hello! And not Jenny Young. She's not here. Nope. Um, <laughs> not indeed. So when I say joined, as always, in fact, that is not true, but it's what <laughs> I say every time. So instead, we have our stun Jenna. Stun Jenna! Who is my beautiful and talented wife, Pat Wick. Woohoo! Hey, Hello! Pat. Who... Unlike Jenna, has seen the movie we're going to see. In fact, the only person in the room who has not seen the movie we're going to see is me. <laughs> so, so uh, as is our tradition, the person who hasn't seen the movie has to explain what they know about the movie. Yes. Yeah, so, is, Tim, what do you know about the movie? I know it's about a uh, a naturalist who was really uh, excited about grizzly bears to the point that he was mauled to death by one. Oh yes. Uh, on camera, apparently. Oh yes. Uh, and uh, this uh, documentary, I think, is at least in part about that that uh, mauling, oh. as well as the gentleman who was mauled. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much. It's a documentary, and I know it's by Werner Herzog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and yeah, it's about a dude who got mauled to death by grizzly bears. Uh, per- yep, yep. That's that's yeah, very on point. Yes, yeah. it's it's good enough for now. I yeah. think. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the gentleman who was mauled to death is a man who, named Timothy Treadwell, who was kind of a alcoholic drifter who found his purpose in life when he discovered grizzly bears and decided. Well, I mean, you'll watch the movie. I won't get too far into it, but it's a rather famous case of what yes. happened to him. And. Yes. Um, I believe his girlfriend was also involved. Indeed, in yes, a she negative was. fashion. She was. Amy, yes. <clears throat> Amy, Anna. In yeah, a, Amy. I can't remember. It's her been last a while. Name. Yeah, it's been like ten years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the movie came out in two thousand five, and I believe the incident happened in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's getting along in age, but it's still a very famous incident, and uh, it's uh, the reason I really wanted to do. This documentary was, you know, first of all, I wanted to breach Werner Herzog land because that's true. It's our first Werner Herzog. It's, film. it's our first Werner Herzog, and I'm a big fan of Werner Herzog. Um, he's one of the uh, truly great documentarian filmmakers. Yes, he's also a very interesting filmmaker, and he makes both fiction films and documentaries. Um, he's that's pretty unusual. Yeah, very unusual. So, mm-hmm. and and he is excellent at both. And then beyond that, he was that, one of uh, one of Roger Ebert's favorite filmmakers. And uh, yeah. Francois Truffaut called him the most important filmmaker alive. And he's yeah, but what if Francois yeah. Truffaut know? What did he know? <laughs> I know writing books on Hitchcock and all yeah, that. Yeah, you know. that doesn't prove anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a Frenchman to say that about a German, I think that takes a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Werner Herzog also being one of the great legendary badasses of Hollywood, <laughs> the the sort of guy who um, in in his course of making films start you know starting in the early 1970s through today you know first of all he's a very prolific filmmaker but also he does these amazing stunts where I mean he's the sort of guy who um, once walked from Munich to Paris which is about 500 miles because because he wanted to visit a friend of his okay yeah. Sure. He's just that there, kind of guy. There, there, there is film footage. Did he know that there are trains in Europe? I mean, they're really good. There's I'm, a good train system I'm in sure Europe. I'm sure he had very well-reasoned reasons. <laughs> and he's the sort of guy who once made a movie about... Uh, in 1982, he made a movie called Fitzcarraldo, which in the plot involves a rubber baron who decides he wants to put his, his boat 
from one river into another on the other side of this small you know, strip of land. So instead of just making a movie where he used models to depict a boat being pulled over a mountain by hand, no, he actually pulled a boat over a mountain with the help of the native peoples of South America. Like you do. Like you do. So, while, while living in the jungle for four years with Klaus Kinski. So Werner Herzog. Like you do. Like you do. So he, he, this is, he, he's a really extraordinary guy and um, just incredibly interesting. He's the sort of guy who, um, he was being interviewed by the BBC and they were walking around outside. He gets shot by a rifle and he goes, eh, and continues the interview. Wasn't that the interview about this movie? It was. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an air rifle, wasn't it? It was an air rifle. See? So, but, but, you know, he, there, you know it actually you know, penetrated into his body. Apparently, he had, like, a huge bruise and, you know, hole and everything. It's like, eh, it wasn't a big bullet. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure we'll... He's Werner Herzog. I'm sure after we watch the movie, we'll have more stories about how badass Werner Herzog is. Yeah. And perhaps how he could have beaten up that grizzly bear. Uh, <laughs> he probably and, could have eaten it with it his teeth. And worn it as a pelt if he'd been, if he'd been the person in... In the tent. Yeah, the the fun thing about Werner Herzog, he's he's just an an amazing personality. A lot of his documentaries, um, you see a lot of him as well in the documentary. So like you know, a lot of documentaries are very removed from the subject. Like you don't know who the filmmakers are. Herzog is part of this documentary. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is which is very interesting, and and he kind of does that with most of his documentaries. I mean, if you watch uh, Cave of Forgotten Dreams, which is about the cave paintings in Spain, Lesko? Or... No, 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 not not Lesko. I can't remember. We saw it. I remember, but yeah, it, northern Spain, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, uh, or uh, in darkness, or any anything like that. He's he's part of the filmmaking journey, so. This one is one of his best, I think. It's it's a very strong story, and it also plays into his interests very well, and we can get into that later. Okay, well, we're going to go off and watch Grizzly Bears Mala Dude to Death, and probably other things. I don't mm. imagine that that's going to be the entirety of the film. Uh, <laughs> a, a man and his girlfriend, we should point out. A man and his girlfriend are going to get mauled to death by grizzly bears, and other things will happen. Mm -hmm. Perhaps we will see grizzly bears not mauling people to death as well. Indeed. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. And we'll be back after a little bit. Now the longhorns are gone And the drovers are gone The Comanches are gone And the outlaws are gone And we are back. Many bugs have crawled on camera lenses. Oh, God, yes. Many grizzly bears have somehow resisted eating a grizzly man. Until one of them does not. <laughs> <laughs> Many foxes played with tents. Many foxes stole hats. Yes. Oh, God, I love that scene so much. Just, I love nature. I love that. You, you little fucker. fucking fox. <laughs> you, you little fucker. Prick. Uh, so. But I love you anyway. But I love, I love you. you I love anyways. you. You fucker. <laughs> Give me back my <laughs> so, me as the person who saw the film for the first time, yes. what did you think? I will attempt to channel uh, channel Jenna. I liked it. <laughs> well done, Tim. Uh, <laughs> um, so, really, you're the stunt Jenna, Tim. I you had to in introduce Pat as the Pat stunt Pat is Jenna, the stunt Tim, apparently. Pat's the stunt Tim. 
I uh, I think the first thing that I need to say is uh, it is very clear to me that when they eventually make a film of Werner Herzog's life, Werner Herzog is going to be played by Christoph Waltz. Yes. Because they already sound like the same person. Yes. Um, as oh. to the to the point I... that to the point that there's I think it's Madagascar the Penguins movie <laughs> has a cameo by Werner Herzog that I assumed was Christoph Waltz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They really because do have a very it's similar basic, voice. Yeah, it's, I was so, thinking the same thing during the movie. Um, and Inverter Herzog, I think, has a lot of common DNA with Jacques Cousteau. He does. He does. Like, what, what's what's very interesting but not about the the sound? What's very interesting, well, and you even bring it up. You even brought it up in the introduction, is the way Herzog, as a filmmaker, starts making a documentary about a guy who's obsessed with grizzly bears, but transitions into making a documentary about a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes. And it's, and I mean, I I like how he frames the movie within his own experience too. Yes. Because, Because so many documentaries are like, okay, here's this guy, here's his footage. And it's just kind of a timeline of what happened. And there's not much context wrapped around it. And, Grizzly Man is about a lot more than just this weird guy living in the wilderness for 13 years before he gets eaten by a bear. It's it's about just the summers, just the summers, just the summers. Although I agree, I I also was thinking in this that uh, it was reminding me a lot of uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop. Oh yes, which I adore. That's a great movie. <laughs> it is a fantastic movie. Yeah, but has the you have the documentarian or somebody who thinks they're doing a documentary. Yeah, and then. It gets turned on them. It gets, yeah, the footage gets taken away in one case because he's eaten by a bear and in another way because it needs to be taken away from him. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and that's a movie that we should visit on this podcast too because Exit Through the Gift Shop is an amazing film. But this one, um, I, I love that it becomes about, you know, um, many things, but about man's relationship to nature and how we romanticize that relationship. And Herzog is one of the few filmmakers today who goes, nature doesn't give a shit about us. <laughs> he says almost yeah. as much yeah. at the end of the film. Oh, yeah. And, and, and he wholeheartedly believes it. You know, I've heard him say it in other documentaries. And, you know, he's, he's, got, the, he's got this very... I mean, I'm speaking as a biologist where it's like, yes, I do love nature, but nature owes nothing to me. He's got <laughs> he's got a very similar uh, outlook. He's, he's a son of two biologists, in fact. So he has this kind of grounding that you don't really see much today, I think. Well, even he says he's looked at all this, you know, what, hundreds yeah. of hours. And he's like, and I don't see anything in these bears' eyes of you know, uh, communal or friendship or brethren or he's like, they're bears. Yeah. I don't see it. Evidently he did, but no. Well, it, well, he's, well, he saw it because, he, you know, he's really projecting oh, yes. the environment he, he's in. And the, uh, I mean, Treadwell is very clearly, he has found a special snowflake moment finally. And he, he feels like, He's found a purpose, even though he fails to see that he's actually obstructing the very purpose that he thinks he serves. Yes. 
breaking all the laws and rules, which are set up to protect everybody. Yeah, yourself and the bears, because if the bears become acclimated to humans, that's bad for the bears. Yes. That's really bad for the bears. Oh, but well, it's as different. they even say, he would have hated that a bear got killed yeah. for eating him. Yeah. Even though what <laughs> would have happened is that bear would have eaten more people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, 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 right. That's, that's what the bear has now learned. Ooh, this thing that I have really not understood up until now, I now understand as food. Mm-hmm. That is how I comprehend this thing. Hey, this, this thing, thing is soft and squishy inside and tasty. And, well, more than that, and filled with lots of fat and calories. Oh, yes. <laughs> that I can use to live out the winter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A fine supply. Thank you so much. Sure, uh, it hits me on the head with a frying pan, but that doesn't really hurt because I'm a grizzly bear. <laughs> <laughs> There's... Um, in the in the uh, Ken Burns documentary about the Lewis and Clark expedition, mm-hmm. uh, ooh, we have a cat. Uh, <laughs> We're being they, viciously attacked by cats. There, there's a segment about grizzly bears and how the Lewis and Clark expedition heard about these grizzly bears that were much bigger than the brown bears that they'd encountered up to that point. And they were like, well, these sound very interesting. Mm-hmm. We need to check them out. And so they they found them and they discovered that they were extremely difficult to kill. Um, and, yeah. And, and ceased to be curious about them very quickly. <laughs> yes. As, um, as they should. And that is why they survived yeah. that. Well, because they were told that these were giant brown bears, not like the black bears at all. Totally different, way bigger. And they were just filled with European hubris of, look at the guns we have. Mm-hmm. There's no possible way that that an animal can be bigger than what the gun can kill. And it turns out, yeah, they shot one like over a dozen times and it didn't even slow down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> tough. And they are terrifying. One of the things about me watching this movie and uh well the revenant and you know some other recent films is that you know i spent a month living in the arctic circle in a tent and um uh in grizzly country and thankfully i didn't face off with a bear i faced off with a muskox and that was terrifying enough but um there was one night where I was laying in my tent and uh, this was in the middle of summer. So the, the sun hadn't set in weeks. <laughs> and so it's like one in the morning, sun's out. And I hear the, 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 the deep rumbling breathing and footsteps like going in between the tents. You know, the big shadow moving across the huh. tent. <laughs> it's like, I might die. <laughs> Well, my die. <laughs> I really hope this bear does not realize that these these tents are filled with, are like candies. They're like Gucci bear burritos, burritos, <laughs> burritos, human burritos. Yeah, I yeah. Just... yeah we, did, we didn't have a gun with us. We 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 had bear bangers, which are unfortunately named, but they're they're like little firecrackers that you they make a loud noise and hopefully it scares the bear away. But I mean, I mean the number of people who are mauled to death by bears are relatively small because bears don't perceive people as food. Yeah. Unless they, you yeah. know, are starving. Yeah. And they're like, huh, that thing moves like an animal. And I, when I am starving, will eat pretty much any animal. Yeah. Uh, therefore, and I'll give plants. it a shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that, I'll give it a shot. I'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, the thing about those grizzly bears, 
um, we'd we'd walk around along the the shores of the river and the uh, Arctic Ocean when we got to it, the and the sandy parts um, in that area of Canada, uh, there are hickocks, which are basically large prairie dogs. Okay, and they burrow into the soil like uh, and dig into the permafrost, and they have little dens and they pop up here and there. It's like a, a game of whack a mole. Sure, yeah. and. And so on the beaches, they'd, they'd burrow all around, and eventually you'd come across these huge gouges in the land where a bear had come along recently and gone after a hickok and tried to clean out its burrow. And just you can see the, the huge claw marks in the sand just scooping up huge swaths of land. And then you go, I don't want that in my stomach. I really don't. I don't want those claws anywhere near me. <laughs> Were they... Those are terrifying. So was there also the potential of polar bears in that area or not? No, that was further to the east of us. Because, yeah, polar bears are even more dangerous. Yeah, we were were by Bathurst Inlet. So it's pretty far west of uh, Hudson Bay. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because nobody fucking lives up there. (laughs) Well... Except the, uh, bears. The the uh, the Inuit do live up there, but they were even they were pretty far from us. We were kind of kind of near Amingmictoc, but not really. I still don't. know. Oh, Amingmictoc! Yeah. Of course, yes, of course, we know about that. Yeah. Everybody listening to this podcast, feel free to go and look up these words if you can figure out how to spell them. Yeah. <laughs> on an atlas. The, the freshest potato chips in Amingmictoc are like uh, a month past their freshness date, so. <laughs> I know that. (laughs) They get their new potato chips once every two or three years, because apparently they don't go through a lot of chips up there in a Ming Ming talk. Why would they throw a month to two months to, I don't know, three years past their expiration date? They wouldn't even know what stale potato chips tasted like there. They're all stale. We did not care by that point. (laughs) Okay, they wouldn't know what fresh potato chips tasted like. Anyway, back to Grizzly Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think Herzog's... I mean, some of the footage that he shot was really good. It's amazing. It's amazing. Not Um, Herzog's being shot, the other. Yeah. Well, Herzog's uh, work is exquisite, too, in its own way. But uh, Treadwell's footage, you know, he took 100 hours of footage. So, you know, of course, there's going to be gold in there just by by volume. But the the shots he gets of just bears doing their thing in the wild, it's it's great stuff. Of course, part of it's because he's dumb. Yeah. He sets up his camera five feet from the bear. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, you can get some pretty amazing footage of a bear if you're not willing to stay far enough back to be safe. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and when you want to get have the bear get close enough to you, well... It's trying to figure out what's going on, and then you boop its nose <laughs> a couple times. He made bad life choices. Yes. And, uh, you know, the tragedy there is it didn't just take his own life. It took somebody else's. Yes. And it's, uh, I, I don't know, the scene where he's listening to the footage is very compelling. Which is potent. That, and, is, that is an amazing And having scene. not seen the movie, you yeah. know, there's always, as you're watching the footage, you're like, is this the footage that is going to end in him getting killed? Yeah. You know, until the coroner describes it and you're like, oh, there's no, there's no video. There's just audio. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we don't even get the audio. Right, but but I think it's so striking that you know Pat talking during the movie, you had this memory that you had actually seen the footage, or that always oh, like or a that, blurred out or something because it was yeah. so vivid, right? That because I'd only seen it once in the theater, 
you know, what, 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, and when my 11-year-old is sitting in there watching this documentary, which I thought was a little weird, but he decided he really wanted he to watch it. He was really he into it. Really he was staying there, and I'm like, okay, Devin, I gotta warn we you. We gotta point out, he was really into it. Uh, during the movie to this evening, we had a power outage. Yes. <laughs> it was like a 45-minute <laughs> The you you know the power went out and then because it was far enough away and sound travels slower than light, mm-hmm. you heard the exploding transformer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so and he that stayed was all up. Bang! But yes, yeah. he stayed with it because he wanted to see the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. So I warned uh-huh. him because it was I remember it being more vivid. I I have memories of watching it, and obviously it didn't happen as I'm watching. I'm like, yeah, I didn't see it, but. Watching, you know, you hear the description. Yeah. How long it was. You see uh, Herzog's face. Well, you don't see, you don't well, even I mean, see his face. You, you see, see her. Her face watching him, him hear something she's never heard. And just, you can, I mean, see the side, the, the body language. Just yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. And, and his reaction is, you must destroy this. You, the, yeah. you, you. Must not keep this. This will forever haunt you. <laughs> you might be tempted eventually one day yeah. to listen to this. And don't. Because yeah. it's truly horrifying. And yet, yeah, I remember when I said, warn Devin, because I had a memory of it happening. I remember that we didn't have audio. Mm-hmm. But I didn't remember why we didn't have audio. It's because... Right. He never... No, no, in. but yeah. I, I remember the attack somehow, and my brain decided to fill it in. <laughs> Yay, brain stuff. Well, the, cor- <laughs> well, the well, coroner's the- description is pretty compelling. Well, yeah, and, and it's, it's Lovecraft principle. The less you know about a horrible, horrible thing, the more your brain fills in the gaps in order to understand mm-hmm. it. Absolutely, and the fact that you... It's like why eyewitness testimony is often really terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it's like, well, I remember that. And then you see video, and you're like, oh... I guess it happened that way, but I don't remember that. And yeah. I did remember, and I remember Melissa kind of looking at me like, why are you warning him of this? And I was like, okay, somehow I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh. But I wanted to warn Devin that it was, that it could affect him. And he's, and at that point in time, he basically, he didn't have it, but if he did, he would have like taken the popcorn, brought it closer, and. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, we're all in. Right, bring all right. it. You, bring just, all you, right. Did, well, you mean, better deliver, lady. Yeah, you see the oh. dead bear. In, you see the dead bear, but uh, you don't. You don't hear the the footage of the attack. You don't. I remembered you didn't hear the footage. Yeah. But for some reason, I thought the that was edited out mm-hmm. because it was just too much. Yeah. Like I, I have a, I have a memory of watching it kind of through leaves and branches of stuff. I yeah. just want to know if she destroyed the tape. She um. did not. Um, th- I actually have a, a a quote from her. Looked up a quote from Herzog about it. He said. Uh, you know, after the fact, after a couple months, he um, he felt like it was he had given awful advice to her. He's like, no, that's that actually is wrong. I that was terrible advice. It was the uh, oh, I've got it right here. Okay, I finally looked it up. The quote is stupid, silly advice born out of the immediate shock of hearing. I mean, it's the most terrifying thing I've ever heard in my life. Being shocked like that, I told her, you should never listen to it, and you should rather destroy it. It should not be sitting on your shelf in your living room all the time. But she slept over it and decided to do something much wiser. She did not destroy it, but separated herself from the tape, and she put it in a bank vault. So So it still exists. It still exists. But 
it's compelling that the response was that powerful. Yeah. You know, as somebody who I think he is capable of detaching somewhat, you know, he clearly could not detach from that. Yeah. Well, there's a huge difference, I think, between, you know, watching movies where I'm sure the sounds are worse, the the vo- the visuals are often horrifying, and this actually happened. Yeah. The, I'm listening to a real person really getting killed. Two people two dying. Two people, yes. I'm hearing two yeah. people dying, and one person trying to save the other one, and it's taking six minutes to do it. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a it, it is an amazing moment in that film because yeah. it, because it's so much about the you know not just about us filling in the gaps and not just about the horror that he's witnessing but it's the connection between him and her and us and her because the the camera is trained on her face. Yes. And she does she is doing the same thing we are. She's filling in the gaps and by not hearing the tape and she's just watching him and you can you can see it just eat her alive inside. Yeah. And smart editing in that it's in the middle of the film. It's not yeah. at the end. You know, it's we, not the we, big bravado it's, moment. It's not it's it's like it's this moment in the middle and there's so much more that's that, that you know he really hasn't told us anything about the the main character and he's told us the little bits and it's after we get that moment that he really starts digging deeper mm-hmm. into who he was and I think it was after that 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 we we start to see some of the weird narrative moments where he you know starts yeah. That, that weird anger and the... the, the or, or even just the fantasy elements that he has of being sort of a... a sort of a, a, a savior. Yeah. Uh, a knight in shining armor uh, kind of character. Like, he's creating a fictional version of himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you wonder how much of it is... Is he... Is part of it just, you know, when you're out in the wilderness alone or with a companion as he was much of the time but he plays like he's alone Mm -hmm. but when you're out in the wilderness alone for that long for so many years does that oh you get weird and it it clearly it clearly (laughs) detaches him from civilization yeah in in my head i was whenever he was starting to talk to the camera like the camera was a buddy i was like that's wilson that's yeah. his Wilson That's his from Wilson. Castaway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, yep. Yep. It is. It is. It is very much his Wilson. That is a good analogy. Because it's not just like talking to some future audience. Because there are times when you see that he's talking to a future audience. He even says that you know maybe, and I'm going to do this from like a bunch of different angles with different hats on. So when we edit this into a show, we can have the blue bandana versus the brown bandana, mm-hmm. or maybe just a hat, so we can edit all these things in, so I can have different shots. Because you never know what's going to happen when I'm doing something, and then you have the conversations where he's talking to his audience and then you have a conver- the, the conversations he's having with the camera. Mm-hmm. And you can almost hear in his head the response the camera is doing of, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm. you're right. Oh, you know what? You're really right. Because he's just got that 
crazy-eyed look about him. Yep. Yeah, yeah. he's a little unhinged. Yeah. It's probably good that he went back to civilization every winter. Yeah. Uh, well, mid, I, <laughs> he lived longer than he probably would have otherwise. Likely. Well, considering the animals he was looking after, yeah. and the only <sighs> ones he cared about were the bears and the foxes. Yeah. They did have their own hibernation thing going on, so staying there was pointless. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he might have. Yeah, that's uh, true. So, you know, before we move on uh, to final thoughts, we're getting about that time, but but Melissa, often you have notes to share. Uh, have you any additional notes that we, we should be... I've, I've covered most of them. I just uh-huh. wanted to bring up, though, you know, I, I have seen pretty much all of Herzog's movies. I did go through and get my... Everyone I could get my hands on, I've watched, with the exception of, like, uh, I keep mixing up the, the title. In in the Into the Abyss? In the Abyss? Into Darkness? Something like... No, Into Darkness is a different one. The one the one about people on death row, I haven't seen yet. But the a lot of the other ones, I, especially the early ones, I have, I have seen. And um, Herzog, is, his sweet spots are... People who are in the fringes of society, people who have fallen out of society, or, you know, people who are out of step with the rest of society. And the other sweet spot is the com- completely cruel indifference of nature, and this movie has both. <laughs> 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 so really, this movie is a sweet spot for Herzog. Cruel so. indifference of nature. Yeah. All right. Well, so I guess we got to go to uh, final thoughts. Hey, Pat. Hey, what? Do you have any final thoughts? No. About Grizzly Man? No. No. Well. <laughs> no final thoughts for Pat. Um, I was just saying that I kind of touched on it earlier. I thought it was really interesting how they didn't show kind of how nuts he was until the very end. You know, they showed well, all a lot of his things about how, you know, nice, you know, and how, you know, he thought he was a savior. But then they show some of the footage of him stalking tourists. Yeah. They were just there to do some photo shoots. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, the guy with the, with the tripod and the camera, he's the leader. He's the bad one. I'm like, they're bringing tourists in to take pictures of bears in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And you're stalking them. And then he sees... A smiley face on a rock. rock. Oh, my God. God. Ah. Yeah, he's... And they're they're out to get me. Obviously, it's a message of some evilness. I'm like, it says hi, Timothy. See you next year. Cause yeah. probably something they that, saw you. Yeah. And you're kind of a, a minor celebrity mm-hmm. in these parts. And Lord knows, considering there aren't that many people yeah. around. Actually, he's probably a major celebrity. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Well, I mean, he he wound up on Letterman. You know, he mentions it during the movie, and actually, in the theatrical release of the film, the footage from Le- Letterman was in there. Huh. And the footage from Letterman, um, literally Dave turns to him and says, we're not going to see you on TV in the future news of you being killed by a bear, are we? <laughs> uh. <laughs> and for whatever reason, uh, they re- Herzog re-edited the film, took that footage out and replaced it with the, uh, f- the, the footage of the other interview um, that's early on in the movie. 
Okay. The the TV interview. Um, and huh. I forget who the I, I recognize the interviewer and I can't remember his name. But the, well, but, that that it may be yeah. that that interview is a better interview and the Letterman interview is a better way to get people to go to the movie theater. Who knows? Well, it could be, or maybe Letterman was too too on the nose. And in the other interview, he's it it touches on a on a different point. Now I'm completely evaporating on what it was, but um, it's like the the film was structured to be top. Well, I, well, bottom heavy with all the death stuff because you know people watching the film are going to be okay. How did he die? You know, it's the it's the uh, neck craning at the accident thing, uh-huh. and Herzog's getting all that crap away in the first half of the movie, and then he launches into yeah. It's really it's very well done. Yeah. Uh, okay. Final thought, Melissa. Thoughts? Um, comments? I think I just uh, used the Letterman one, so <laughs> that that was probably it. Um, I do have many, many more stories about Herzog because, by God, there are so many of them. Um, he wa- he once saved Joaquin Phoenix from a car crash. Like, Joaquin Phoenix rolled his car and uh, was kind of trapped inside, and somebody came and it's like, are you all right? And he says, yeah, 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 I'm fine. And and the, uh, the helper goes, no, no, you're not. And Joaquin Phoenix looks up, and it's a Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog gets, gets him out, calls the ambulance, and then, like, vanishes into the night. <laughs> <laughs> Werner Herzog is Batman. Werner Herzog is Batman. <laughs> uh, so, uh, that might... Uh, if, if we titled our episode something weird, that probably would be what we title this one. <laughs> Werner Herzog is Batman. But we don't do that. So, anyway, final thoughts. Speaking of all those Werner Herzog stories, Melissa will have an opportunity to tell more of them. Yes. Because our next movie is going to be another Werner Herzog film. We've done a Werner Herzog documentary. We mm-hmm. documentary. We are now going to do a Werner Herzog not documentary, a fiction. fiction film called, and we've mentioned it before on this very podcast. That's right, Fitzcarraldo. Yay. So, which sounds a little bit like some sort of Olympic sport. But anyway... Well, it kind uh, of is, if it if that <laughs> sport involved hauling a boat over a mountain. So, yachting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh thank you so much for listening to a real education you know i haven't reminded often enough but i should point out we have a sister podcast mm-hmm. hosted by melissa Yay. and uh, some other fine friends of ours called real education noir mm-hmm. so uh this we focus more on general movies here but real education noir focuses entirely on noir films both Old and new. Yes. So if you are interested in learning more about noir as a genre, that's French, uh, genre. <laughs> and so then, is noir. Yes, so is noir. <laughs> so uh, check out A Real Education Noir. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time for Fitz Caraldo. Yay. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.